Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. My brother, Pastor Len McCloyne. Yeah. Come on, who's excited for the word tonight? Come on, who's excited for the word tonight? I know you ain't full from Thanksgiving. You got room left. Come on. Come on, let's give God one more shout of praise real quick. Come on, come on, let's give it up for our king. We are here. We in our right mind. We feeling good. We alive. We are blessed. We are highly favored. We are called the righteousness of Christ. Can we give him some glory tonight? Come on, come on, come on, church. Come on, COC. Yeah. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. Hey, you can be seated. Yeah. Is anybody excited for the word? Listen, it's always a privilege and an honor for me to give the word of God. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm still in shock that he, he's given me the ability to do this. Amen. Um, I got to start off asking a question. Who in here knows how to swim? Okay. Okay, well, I probably should have phrased it differently. Who in here doesn't know how to swim? Like, you need floaties, you know, it's a, <clears throat> you need a flotation device or something. So, okay. I, I'm not asking because there's like a flood or anything coming. I'm just asking for my own personal reasons. Um, recently, I was thinking about a time where uh, I had learned how to swim. See, I'm from New Jersey and we have lakes, we have ponds. Somebody else from Jersey? Yeah, okay. <laughs> We have creeks, any, pretty much any body of water we can go swimming in. Unlike you guys from Florida who got them gators and stuff. I don't mess with water around here. I was thinking about that. I was about six years old. And in New Jersey, uh, there's a, a, a lake called Lake Apsagami, And it kind of had a creek somewhat connected to it. And we would go inner tubing. And this was my first time going inner tubing where you just get a big tube and you sit in it and you just kind of go down the creek. And... My mom was like, are you sure you just learned how to swim? I, I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, mom. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It was my cousins and my aunts and uncles were there. So about eight of us. My mom's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, mom, I can go. I can swim. I can, I can handle this. I'm ready. I'm ready. So I get on the inner tube, and I'm going down the creek. And I remember there was a stick, a, a, a tree branch that was kind of in my, in my path. And this tree branch was kind of big, and, I, and, 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 you know, I'm on an inner tube, and I don't have a steering wheel, so I just start leaning to try to get out of the way, and the current starts to pick up, and I fell in the water, and um, I wasn't prepared <laughs> to fall in the water. I wasn't prepared for that level of swimming. I wasn't prepared for what was happening. When it comes to swimming, I wasn't prepared to get myself out of that situation. I fell in the water. All I could see was darkness around me. And I was losing air. I was beginning to drown. And I was panicking. At this point, there was no swimming. I was, I, was, I was panicking. And I had gotten a little bit ahead of the pack. And I, I felt like I was on an island. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't touch. And I couldn't control my body because of the current. And that leads me into... The, the, the foundational verse for today, I, I was unprepared to be in that water at that age. 
And I know you're like, wait a minute, did you die? <laughs> Some of y'all are probably, wait a minute, Pastor Lynn, <laughs> did you die? Well, you don't need the wisdom of God to figure that one out. <laughs> but I want to talk about uh, something that has to do with being unprepared. And, and, and I found this in the Bible, and it stuck out to me pretty heavily. Uh, the foundational text is Luke 17, 20 to 27. If you have it in your Bibles, you can follow along. Luke 17, 20 to 27. And this is Jesus talking. Uh, now, now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. He's not saying that it was necessarily within the Pharisees because they had evil hearts. But he's saying the kingdom of God is within Basically, they had spiritual blindness. They couldn't tell that the spirit of God, uh, the, the kingdom of God was within. It was in front of them, right there in their midst. And he turned to the disciples and he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the son of man and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the son of man will be in his day. And as it was in the days of Noah, this is what I really want to get to. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So in, our, in, our, in context here, this encounter takes place towards the latter part of Jesus' ministry. Um, his disciples kind of already knew that he was the, the promised Messiah. Uh, this, this basically, they knew that, that Jesus embodied the kingdom of God. Now, the, the Pharisees, they, they, they didn't think he was, was the Messiah because he didn't come in a way that they thought that he would, he would come. Uh, they didn't think this would be the, the, the entrance of the kingdom of God. They knew he was a teacher sent of God, but they didn't think he was the promised Messiah. They thought there would be political overthrow of the Roman Empire when the Messiah came. They thought there would be... Uh, 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 economical benefits that they would be beneficiary, beneficiaries of. They thought by association they'd receive elevated status, elevated social status and blue checks by their name and fortune and fame just by being the teachers of the law. They thought they'd see a physical display of cosmic signs and wonders when the kingdom came. And this was the normal thought of the ancient Jews. This was the normal view of their prophesied Messiah. How many know the, the kingdom of God is not necessarily political? Come on, somebody. The kingdom of God is not necessarily economical. It's not necessarily social. It's not necessarily physical. It's a spiritual thing. And it's meant to permeate every aspect of every sphere of every walk of life. It's a spiritual work that's wrought out inside the human heart. Anybody hear me tonight? So the Pharisees asked Jesus, when, when is the kingdom of God coming? When is the kingdom of God coming? Jesus is like, oh, you ain't. You ain't see when I healed that, that man with leprosy? You ain't see that? Oh, oh how, about, how about when I healed, when I healed the, the woman of the issue of blood? You ain't see that? Okay. What about when I walked on water? You ain't get that on video? You ain't, you ain't, see, you ain't see when I did that? Basically, he's telling them, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. The kingdom of God is within your midst. Jesus embodied the kingdom of God, but they missed it. In other words, they were unprepared. They were unprepared. Jesus let the Pharisees know they were unprepared for, for his arrival. They weren't ready for the kingdom of God. They were unprepared for Jesus' arrival. But then he turns to his disciples 
and he gets the disciples' hearts ready for his departure. So he tells one, one group they're unprepared. He gets another, one, another group prepared for his departure. And Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees' hard hearts here. He's speaking to the, the tender hearts of the disciples. So he's having a conversation, but he's speaking to them differently. He tells the Pharisees the kingdom of God won't be visible. And then he turns around and tells his disciples that it will be visible. Jesus didn't contradict himself. He wasn't lying. He's just speaking to each group according to what their hearts are able to receive. Oh, come on, somebody. How many people know the spirit of God will convict you when you read the word, whether you want it to or not? The word of God will instruct you whether you want it to or not. The word of God will correct you whether you want it to or not. Come on, somebody. And King Jesus is coming back whether you believe it or not. Does anybody in this place understand what I'm saying tonight? Yeah, the word of God is truth, and it'll speak to your hard heart or your tender heart. You'll know if you're receiving the God or the, the word of God or if you're rejecting it. You'll know. You'll know. People will know the kingdom of God is inside of you. People will know the kingdom of God is within you by the preparation of your heart. People will know the kingdom of God is within you by the preparation or the posture of your heart. Come on, the kingdom of God was fully manifested in Christ. Christ laid down his life so that we could have the spirit of God living within us. You could say the kingdom of God is within you. Does anybody agree with me tonight? Come on. And how many know when the kingdom of God is within you, people will know. They'll know because there's going to be some things that only God can handle. And those people are going to go looking for the people with God within them. They're going to go looking for the spirit of God within you. They're going to say, okay, I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go to her because I need somebody to lay hands on me real quick. I need the truth of the Lord God Almighty. I'm going to go to him real quick because I know the spirit of God is within him. Come on, when the spirit of God is within you, you can't hide that. Amen? So this is the question that was revealed to me as I was reading this text that I want to relate to you tonight and ask, is your heart prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ? Oh, is your heart prepared for the return of the Lord? Woo! I know some of y'all are like, man, I shouldn't have invited my friend to this sermon talking about judgment. <laughs> what is the posture of your heart tonight? Come on, see, if we fail to prepare for all that God wants to give us according to his rich, abundant grace, mercy, and love, then we won't be prepared for what God doesn't want to give us, but has to according to our disregard and disobedience. Judgment. He don't want to give us that. But how many know we serve a just God? How many know we serve a just God? I deserve judgment, but his mercy said no. How many people know we serve a just God? Jesus says in verse 26 of our text today, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. Jesus is referring to a time where all of humanity was caught unprepared. Not only were they physically unprepared, but they were spiritually unprepared as well as their hearts weren't ready for what the Lord was about to do. Come on, God created humanity just a few chapters earlier. God created humanity to reflect his goodness, his character, and his creativity. He wanted us to reflect it by outward demonstrations of the human heart. Outward expressions of the human heart. He wanted us to reproduce, to create, to build, to create inventions and civilizations. But God gave Adam and Eve a choice on how to achieve this. And they chose to disobey him. 
they chose to rebel against him. And this introduced an inward turn of the human heart. So God chose for an outward expressions of the human heart, but man chose to turn that heart inward. It created the I'm a do me mentality. Anybody see that today in 2020? Come on, it created the I'm a do me. I'm a do what's good for me and my tribe, even at the expense of you and yours. Hmm. Since the beginning of humanity, reflecting God's goodness has never been the normal thing. It has never been the norm, and especially in today's day and age. It, is anybody in agreement with me tonight? Come on. It's very easy to be bitter. It's very easy to react out of hurt or anguish in this season. Many hearts have been pierced and hurt. Looks like many things are coming to overtake us nowadays. We got the second wave of COVID everybody's talking about. Racism, injustice, bitterness, hatred. It's like all stirring up at the same time. Political divisions. Cancel culture. We, can, we, can, we, can we talk about that tonight? There's a spirit of offense that's roaming this world so heavily at this moment. And I know I'm not the only man of God that feels that. I know I got some believers in this place that know that they've seen it, they've encountered it, they've been victims of it, and some of us have even given it. There's a spirit of offense in this place, in this world, I should say. It's running rampant. And so because people get offended, they start canceling stuff, canceling TV shows, canceling cereal and syrup. What in the world? Canceling everything getting canceled. I'm offended. Everybody's offended by every little thing. <laughs> Cancel culture. Hold up. Hold up. I'm sorry. I won't, I won't co-sign to that. See, if culture has the ability to cancel some things, then so does the house of God. Come on, somebody. Culture want to cancel some things? I can cancel some things too. I cancel the spirit of heaviness in the mighty name of Jesus. I cancel the spirit of division in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Culture want to cancel some things? Me and you got the power to cancel some things too. I cancel every plan of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I cancel every divisive plan right now by the power of his blood in the mighty name of Jesus. Cancel culture. Don't live here. This is the house of God, and I'm going to cancel everything the enemy's trying to throw at me. I'm not going into 2021 with no baggage. I don't know if I got one believer who can shout to God tonight that can come into agreement with me. Oh, yeah. Culture want to cancel some things? We can cancel some things, too. It's a spirit of offense. It's so heavy. I don't think I've ever seen more people be unfriended or unfollowed or blocked than I have within the last 11 months. Can I get a witness? Jesus says in Matthew 24, in the end times, many will be offended, betray one another, and hurt, excuse me, and hate one another. But why? Because of the increase of wickedness. Jesus says the love of most will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold. And nowadays I hear people saying, I can't wait until things get back to normal. And I'm just like, are you satisfied with normal? Look what normal has gotten us. Are you satisfied with normal? What if I told you normal is problematic? What if I, know you, what if I told you we need, we, need, we need something a little bit more than normal? Normal ain't cutting it nowadays. Come on, somebody. We could do better than that. We serve the living God. We could do better than that. We serve the creator of every good gift. We serve the one who created the beginning from the end. We serve a great God. We can do better than normal. 
I feel this thing tonight. Jesus says in Noah's day, they were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. In Noah's day, life was just going on as normal. They was playing Xbox Live, watching Netflix, chilling, mm. watching Disney Plus Mandalorian, drinking, smoking, wilding out. They was doing everything but worshiping the King of Kings. They was doing everything but worshiping God. They was going about life as normal. In all of humanity, Noah was the only one that was found blameless, so God showed him and his family mercy. No one else was found with a heart posture that was ready to receive what God had for them. And so they had to receive what God had for them. In other words, it was normal in Noah's day to disregard the ways of the Lord. Genesis 6-5 says this in regards to the flood. Check this out. It says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It was normal to be selfish. It was normal to be evil. It was normal to be wicked. And how many know that judgment is coming? It's a tough message. Judgment is coming and Jesus is coming back. Come on, somebody. Do I have any believers in this place that understand what I'm saying? And I'm often, I'm hearing some things, and I'm kind of like, I don't know. People, people are like, oh, there's so much evil in this world. There's so much wickedness and so many wicked people doing wicked things. Evil people doing corrupt things. God's going to rain down brimstone. And, and I'm like, wait, uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because it's almost like every, you see those people who that's like every prophecy in the Bible is about America. I'm like, wait a minute, only 5% of the total human population live in America. It's not like that. It's but this is the season that we're in, and it's like, yeah, I can't, you know, I, I, there's so many unrighteous people. I just hear, hear this nowadays. Has anybody heard anybody talking about judgment or the second coming lately? I feel like I've heard it more than, more than normal. More than normal. Evil politicians and wicked presidents this and pushing godless agendas there. And, and, and if this president gets in, he's wicked and he's evil. And it's just like, how are we so surprised by all the unrighteousness in this world? They're not the righteousness of Christ. We are. Listen, they're not the righteousness of Christ. We are. Listen, judgment doesn't come upon a country because of the corrupt people, because of the wickedness of wicked people. Judgment comes on the country because of the corruption of so-called Christians who claim to be righteous but choose to live wrong. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. Come on. Listen, when Abraham was pleading with God, God said, if I find 50 righteous people, I'll spare the city. Abraham was like, well, you know, what if he find 40 righteous people? He's like, if I find 40 righteous people, then I'll spare my hand. I'll spare them judgment. If I find 30 righteous people, then I'll hold back my judgment. He was like, if I find 20 righteous people, if I find 10, is anybody righteous anymore? Is anybody? I mean, of course, of course unrighteous people don't want to get right when all they see is believers living wrong. Ah, we could do better. Believers living immoral, being petty. Some of y'all petty. Being hateful, quarreling and fighting. It's almost like it's normal. I fell into it. Has anybody else fallen? Maybe I'm the only one. The enemy done threw a snare and I tripped a little bit. We far from perfect in here. Can I get an Amen. It's normal nowadays to see the people of God bitter, to see the so-called righteous pointing fingers. But we can do better than normal. It's become normal for believers to harbor hatred in their heart. 
have our hearts become so hard? Every little thing offends us too? Wait a minute. Listen, judgment doesn't come upon a country because of the godless acts of godless people pushing godless agendas. Of course they act in godly. They don't know God. Judgment comes because of the corruption of so-called Christians who claim to be righteous but choose to live wrong. 1 John 3, 6 to 8 says, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. And this is what I'm seeing so heavily in culture right now in my workplaces and in different places that I go. I'm in different people's houses all day and I just, they, 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 they spew their ideologies on me. And I'm just like, how can your heart be so, is your heart prepared to be with the Lord? I mean, like, really prepared to be with the Lord. 2020 is the year where even believers refuse to see eye to eye. And just because we're righteous doesn't mean we're always right. And I've noticed that it's almost like we'd rather expend more energy winning arguments than winning souls. We'd rather lose friends than lose arguments. But what is it to lose an argument when we've already been called to lose our lives? We need God. What is it to lose an argument when we've already been called to lose our lives? This is, the, this is so many people are just so sure about themselves. And, I'm, and you know, people just, just uh, I'm like, how, how are you so sure? How are you so sure that you're ready? How, how, can, how can you be ready for the second coming of Christ if you've never responded to his first one? Woo. Matthew 7, 23 says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Drive out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. See, I'm not, this, this is not a saved or unsaved situation. This is a situation of the heart. Because the white throne judgment of God is a real thing. And I don't want to stand in front of him and just be like, yeah, I said a prayer, Lord. I'm your son. He can be like, okay, show me which prayer you, you, you said. We're looking at Deuteronomy, Leviticus, uh, Numbers. Are, yeah. It's not in there. It's deeper than just saying a prayer. It's deeper. Is it your father? It's deeper than just that. If we're bearing rotten fruits, how is the world and unbelievers and non-believers supposed to eat that? 1 John 2, 4 says, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. I know this is difficult, but you got to feel me tonight. But what commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we're having trouble with the second commandment, how in the world are we supposed to get to the first one? And this is what I'm saying. I, I just have a heart for, for togetherness. I have a, a heart for unity. I have a heart to see love shown. That's why I became a believer, because the love that I was experiencing was something that was unexplainable to me. I don't know if there's anybody else in here who feels what I'm feeling. But if you knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what type of things would get wiped off your schedule? What type of adjustments would you make to your calendar? How many things would have to get canceled? Do people know that the kingdom of God is within you because of the posture 
of your heart? Is your heart prepared for the Lord's return? Or are you just living life as normal? Going about your normal days. The days of Noah, wickedness was normal. The days of Jesus, wickedness was normal. Everything he called right, they called wrong. Everything he said was good, they called bad. The days of Jesus, wickedness was normal. And in modern day, wickedness is normal. We've gotten to that point. See, normal is a problem because we're living in a time where culture is trying to redefine normal. They say COVID-19 and masks are normal now. Wait a minute, is it? It's been, it's been 10 months. Like, how is that normal? I, I, just, I just don't want to accept that. Like, deaths from the pandemic is normal now. Yeah, there's people just die. At first, we were like, oh, my gosh, you see all the people dying? Now it's just normal. Division and disunity is normal. Racism and classism, sexism is normal. Political tension is normal. Hatred is normal. Women marrying women is normal. Men marrying men is normal. Normal ain't cutting it no more. Pedophilia is normal. Transgenderism is normal. Abortion is normal. Lawlessness is normal. Unfriending, unfollowing, and blocking is normal. I refuse, I don't know about you, but I refuse to be normal. I'm a peculiar person that was re-transformed by the love of God. I refuse to be normal. Hallelujah. Does anybody agree with me tonight? Where's the church of God? Come on. Come on, somebody. I refuse to be normal. Only God gets to define what normal is. How does a believer prepare his heart then? That's what you're thinking. How do, how do you prepare your heart for Christ's return? In this day and age when everything that is good is called evil and everything evil is called good. I refuse to let culture define what is normal. Only God gets to do that. Only God. It starts with God and it ends with God. Only God gets to define that. He's the only one who knows the beginning from the end, so it's only right that he defines what normal is. Can I get a witness in this place? He is the alpha. Oh, yeah, my God is the alpha. Yeah, your God is the omega. He knows the end from the beginning. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I know right now times look really crazy, but I came with good news. You're like, dang, finally, good news. <laughs> Listen, I came with good news, I'm trying to tell you. Listen, 2,020 years ago, our Savior gave up his life on the cross. Yeah, he gave up his life so that his people, listen to me, so that his people can usher in the new normal. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the new normal. Listen to me. Is anybody ready for the new normal? I don't think you're ready. You ain't ready for the new normal. You ain't ready. Listen, culture says it's normal to pay back evil for evil. Oh, but the new normal ignores insults and promotes peace. That's the new normal. Somebody say promoting. Come on. Somebody say the new normal. Come on. Somebody say new normal. Culture says an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But the new normal doesn't retaliate in order to maintain self-respect and dignity. That's the new normal. Oh, it's normal to black out and lose your cool when somebody lies about you. But the new normal recognizes that it's the Lord that will repay. It's the Lord who fights for you. It's the Lord who keeps you. It's the Lord who provides for you. It's the Lord who fights your battles. New normal. I'm here for the new normal. Normal. It's normal. 
It's normal. It's normal to love your, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's normal. But the new normal loves the enemy too. The new normal pays homage. The new normal pays respect. The new normal bows down. The new normal prays for those who persecute. Come on, somebody. The new normal blesses those who throw stones, loves the unlovable, respects the disrespectful. That's the new normal. My Savior died on the cross so that we could usher in the new normal. He turned this world upside down. You can put the picture up. The new normal is to reflect the heart of God by cultivating relationships with those who don't believe like you believe. That's the new normal. The new normal spends more time praying for people than fighting with them. Y'all ain't ready for the new normal. The new normal doesn't let money, status, religion, politics stop them from creating friendships by demonstrating the goodness and the character of the most high God. Is anybody, anybody, one person ready for the, the new normal? This is an unconventional message. That's the new normal. That's what a prepared heart looks like. People living out the new normal. To be known by our love, not by bickering, that's the new normal. To be known by our love, not by self-righteousness, that's the new normal. To be known by our love, not by pridefulness, that's the new normal. Not for unfollowing, unfriending, not for blocking or being unloving, but by being known by our love. That is the new normal. The harvest is plentiful, and I want to be known for bearing fruits Big old good fruits in this season while others are withering away. That's the new normal. Last week I saw a crazy video on social media. Somebody recorded a video on their ring doorbell. <clears throat> it was Pastor. And it was a FedEx delivery guy, had to be about 20, 25, somewhere in that range. And he had a, he had a package. And it's like a five-second loop. Five-second video it just keeps looping back over. You see the guy walk up, and he just takes past his package and go, boom, I got hot. Listen, can I be real right now? I got in my flesh real quick. I wanted to let him have it in 160 characters or less. I was like, then I erased it all. I was like, yeah, he probably, on, he probably ain't on pastor's page. <laughs> he ain't never going to read it, so I'm wasting my time. Oh, I got in my flesh. I wanted to hit him. Let me see him in the street. And I ain't talking about hit him with scripture. I want to hit him. The five-fold ministry. I, want, I was hot. I was upset. Because I started to think, what if that's a gift for pastor or pastor that somebody sent them? A lot of times we think about packages and we think about something we order. Because we be, we be ordering a lot of packages nowadays. But what if somebody sent them a gift out of the kindness of their heart? What if that gift was fragile? That's why I was mad. But then I felt like God checked me. And he said, what are you doing with the gift that I gave you? My heart started to change toward that person. It was like God was saying, yeah, Lynn, you, 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 you shielding it with righteous anger, but is that the new normal? And so I just kept scrolling. <laughs> but I'm saying this because forgiveness is the new normal. Come on, can I get a witness in this place? Forgiveness is the new normal. Respect is the new normal. Patience is the new normal. Peace is the new normal. Oh, come on, somebody. Joy is the new normal. 
Humility is the new normal. Unity is the new normal. Stand to your feet tonight. Thankfulness is the new normal. Gratefulness is the new normal. Love is the new normal. Come on and give God a shout of glory tonight. Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Those are the words of Jesus, and this is the new normal. Worship team, you can come up. Listen, I just want to know if there's anybody in here that's ready to do this thing. When we start to spaz out or get upset, we got to think about the new normal. This is what my Savior died for. He hung on that tree. He gave up his life that we could commune with the Father and usher in some things that this world is not ready for. We serve a God who turned this world upside down with the new normal. So, 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 so there I am. I'm, 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 I'm in the water and all I, all I can see is black around me. And I just felt like my life flashed before my eyes. I'm like, dang, I ain't, I ain't going out like this. I'm doing whatever I could to move around and try to escape and get out of the water. But I was unprepared. When it comes to swimming, I had no... There was no way I could get myself out of this situation. Kind of like the people in Noah's day, there was no way they could get themselves out of that situation when the flood came. They weren't prepared for what the Lord was trying to do. And I wonder right now if there's somebody in this place that has been struggling with some things. Maybe you, you thought you knew the Lord. Maybe the Lord spoke to you at some point. Maybe you're in this place and, you, and you've heard about the Lord, but you've never, you've never received him into your life to take over. You never surrendered your life to him. And all I want to say is, when I was in that water, my uncle reached down. He swam up to me. He reached down and pulled me out of that water. Right as I was about to inhale gallons of, of liquids and water and, and start drowning, he pulled me out. I took the biggest gasp of air. I could breathe again. He saved me and I have a, a wonderful family now. I'm able to teach others about the love of Christ and, and lead people to the cross. And, and maybe that happened so that I could be speaking to you tonight. If you don't know the Lord, tonight is the night. Listen to me. Tonight is the night. If you don't know him, he's got new normal for you. How do we live out the, the new normal? It's really simple in one sentence. Have a heart that's set on heaven. That's the new normal. See, when you cross over from death to life, when you lay down your life to Jesus Christ and ask him to save you, you're crossing over from death to life. You will have a heart set on heaven. Listen to me. There's no death. There's no death. There's no hurting. There's no crying in heaven. That's the new normal. You become a citizen of heaven. There's no pain. There's no guilt. There's no shame. That's the new normal. So I'm going to ask tonight, is anybody ready to receive the Lord? Has anybody in this place that, that doesn't know God? Come on, is there anybody in this place that hasn't received Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Maybe online, wherever you are, if everyone here is saved, I just want to say a quick prayer. God said he's making all things new. We're awaiting a new heaven and a new earth. But us right here, right now, while we're living, we can usher in the new normal from now on. Amen. Come on, church, help me pray. Father God, 
I'm praying for anyone on live, Lord, that's, that's surrendering to you at this moment. Father God, I pray that you would wipe away all their sins and that they would lay down their lives to you. You are their Savior. Write their name in the book of life so that it would never be erased. Wash them with your blood. Wash them with your blood, Lord. Saturate them with your love. Overtake them, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, remove things that don't look like you, Heavenly Father. Unite their hearts. Strengthen them and uphold them with your righteous right hand. Father God, I thank you for those that have, have surrendered to you tonight. And I ask, Lord, for anyone that may have, be, may, have, may have been backslidden or in a backslidden state, Lord. Father, reveal yourself to them. Reveal your love, your peace, and your goodness, Lord. Lay your hand upon them and grant them favor, Lord, that they can live a life with you, that they can have life, but not only have life, but have it in abundance, oh God, as only you can give. Holy Spirit, live inside of each and every person in this place, each and every person on live. Holy Spirit, have your way and do what you want to do, Lord. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to keep our minds stayed on you, that we would have hearts that are set on heaven so that we can live out the new normal on this earth. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And the whole church says amen, amen, amen. God bless church. Love you guys.